0: Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 623 for January 30th, 2020. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Lila Brissett, and I want to kind of set up who she is. While we were in Las Vegas for CES, we carved out some time to have dinner with our good friend, J.F. Brissett. I also refer to him uh, as the bo- one of my bosses because he's the editor of all of my videos for Screencast Online. Anyway, at this dinner, he brought his daughter, Lila, and she started talking to me about her journey of discovery and accessibility with Apple products. So we got talking about that, of course. And uh, she started telling me about some troubleshooting steps and things she's figured out. And she agreed to come on the show to talk about what she's learned. How are you doing today, Lila?
1: Hi, I'm doing great, Allison. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. This is going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to your perspective. Let's start by giving people a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, like uh, You're in school right now, correct?
1: Yes, I am. First and foremost, I'm a student. Uh, I'm an, I'm actually a student at UNLV, which is uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. I'm an entertainment, engineering, and design major.
0: Now, that's not something that everybody has heard of, I'm guessing?
1: No, not at all. It's actually a, a very uncommon program in the United States. If I remember correctly, there's only two schools in the states that have programs specifically for entertainment engineering. That and, seems like uh, two
0: ours. opposite things in my world.
1: I know, it's, <laughs> but it's funny because um when you really get down to it, entertainment and engineering especially in Las Vegas really come hand in hand. Uh it's a it's a very new program, but it's it's one that's Uh, or it's a discipline that we've had in Vegas for almost the entire time that we've been running shows and entertaining people. How does
0: engineering and entertainment intersect?
1: One big way is that uh, the most um, common one in Vegas is that you think of gaming slot machines. They have all of these levers and buttons, but they also have to make them look beautiful and work well with, with all these different types of of switches and uh, animations. They have these huge LCD, I think they're LCD, um, or they have these huge screens in casinos now, that's the entire slot machine. Entertainment engineering played a huge hand in the progression of slot machines and gaming in general. But we also have a hand in performance, and live performance. We recently went to NAMM due to our... uh, UNLV. We have some very kind donors who donated some NAM passes to some of the entertainment engineering students. We got to see demonstrations of live lighting at an EDM show. From so a, people somebody. may not know
0: what NAM is.
1: Oh yeah, sorry. The NAM is. Um, I forgot what it stands for. I will be National honest.
0: Association of like mm. media something. It's it's for yes. people in media, right?
1: Yeah, it's people in media. It's a lot of audio, video. Um, lighting. A lot of it is vendors showing off their best new professional equipment for people to, you know, mix sound. Mi- oh, here it is. Lighting. The National Association of Music Merchants. I don't know why that there didn't come go. directly to the forefront.
0: <laughs> so you it's got an it's, awesome show. So you got to go there and learn about uh, combinations of audio and lighting.
1: Yes, Um one thing that was very specific to our discipline of entertainment engineering was that one of our graduates we found out uh, is now a lighting guy for, for DJs. And when it comes to DJs, of course, a lot of what they're doing is kind of off the cuff or it's just so such a long performance that you really can't design specific lighting for all of it. So the way that this guy um, adjusted his discipline for that type of music was that he is performing along with the DJ. He has specific lighting sequences that he'll activate at certain beats in the music. So oh, as wow. this DJ is up there mixing music live for all the people on the ground, he's also doing a live performance of all of the lights on the stage, which oh, wow. I don't know if you've seen like EDC. There's, I don't know what that is. EDC is this huge carnival of of dance music, and the lights there... I'm pretty sure they could power a small country with how many lights they have in that <laughs> in that festival. But it's, it's very impressive.
0: So I want to back you up, though. One of my pet peeves, having a degree in engineering, uh, two degrees in engineering, is when people put the word engineering and it's not really engineering. But you're actually, I mean, you have to take calculus and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Physics yes. and so this isn't fake engineering. This is real engineering
1: this is absolutely real engineering and if if engineering's not really your style but you'd still like to be in the um kind of the nitty gritty entertainment world we also have another part of the program which is entertainment technology and design which is more focused on the usage of professional equipment to create create compelling shows and tell compelling stories okay so um, what, less us- math yeah, less math. Um, so depending on how much you like to torture yourself, you can take entertainment engineering or entertainment technology.
0: Oh, very cool. All right. So now that's so that's what you're going to school for. But you've got a, a, an avid interest in the Apple products, correct?
1: I do. Yes. I have been an Apple user for most of my lifetime.
0: Yeah. Well, how long is that?
1: <laughs> uh, a whole 21 years.
0: So we were talking about this ahead of time, which is why I'm teasing her is we're pretty sure she's the youngest person to be a guest on Chit Chat Across the Pond. I thought I'd done an interview with Toby, who was 12 at the time, but uh, it's his father who was on the show and he's submitted things. But this uh, you are now uh, officially the youngest guest on Chit Chat Across the Pond.
1: I'm going to be putting that on my resume, by the way. <laughs> but but I like that
0: because uh, you know I'm old, and so my my friends are old, and it, it, I I think the break point might be like 45 or we did have um, uh, Eleanor Mazzarella on who I I suspect is in her maybe early 30s. So uh, I I like getting younger people's perspective because it it's bad to be in your own bubble of old people yeah. or whatever your bubble is.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because I. Of course, talk often with, with people who remember a time before the internet, but I, I rarely record podcasts with them, so this is a first for me, too.
0: Yeah. So um, give me a time frame here. So how old were you when the first iPhone came out?
1: I was nine years old when the first iPhone came out. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: I had a dial phone with like <laughs> a mechanical thing and a bell with a, like a hammer was in it that made it ring. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I also <laughs> that was one high of those, school. But it was technically a, a plaything <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so so you're an avid uh, Apple fan. You've been using these products since you were born. Um, how did you get interested in accessibility?
1: Well, f- from a young age, I've been a very kinesthetic learner. Um, to a fault, maybe I like to figure things out by throwing myself in the deep end. Hopefully, I come out the other side with a better understanding of the thing that I threw myself into. Uh, which I understand is a flawed r- approach. I end up googling a lot. But why is that a flawed approach? I don't know. You know, I, it's I, not I, disciplined reason- but yeah, it's it's definitely not disciplined, which I think is really the main thing that makes it flawed. <laughs> um but the good thing is is that I have all of the answers at my fingertips if I really need to. Um but if I can figure it out by myself, that's really preferred.
0: And okay. this
1: kickstarted my interest in access in accessibility when I accidentally turned on voiceover. I think we <laughs> all had that moment. And I realized that I suddenly had no idea how to use my phone.
0: I remember a guy coming up to me. I don't know how he knew to ask me, but that like a random guy at Starbucks said, so there's nothing on the screen on my, on my phone, but I can hear it. What on earth is wrong with my phone? It's like, oh, and it's like the chances of him finding somebody randomly who knew what that was was pretty low, but yeah. he got lucky.
1: Yeah, he did get lucky. That was or maybe actually... he'd been like
0: that for a week and asking lots of people.
1: <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, you can't you can't make phone calls if you don't know how to use it. Um, but fortunately, I was able to. I was able to throw myself in and really figure it out. Um, but but by the time that I had. Learned how to use voiceover. I've moved on to, you know, what else can my phone do?
0: Oh, interesting. So that sparked your interest that there's all these cool hidden things in there?
1: Yeah. Like it just didn't occur to me that there were so many features that were built into this amazing device. You know, everybody says that none of us use our phones to the full capability, but I now would like to learn what that full capability is in the first place. Okay. And now that I've kind of explored the settings a little bit. I think that like many people i have started to find accessibility features that have made my life better, even if they aren't necessarily quote made for me, unquote, I put that in quotes, because of course, accessibility settings are for everybody.
0: <laughs> well, so at 21 years old, what is it that would be on the phone from an accessibility perspective that would help you?
1: Well, like other uh, zoomers of my caliber, Zoomers Wait, what's are. what's a zoomer? Yeah, Zoomers are um, my generation's kind of self-inflicted name. <laughs> uh, it's a play between uh, Boomer and Gen Z, so ah. it's, it's also got this nice little element of we've been zooming through the eras of technology at you know unimaginable speeds. We've been growing up with this tech that's been evolving literally every single year. All right. Uh, My so goal
0: is to see if I can get you to say OK Boomer at me sometime during this call.
1: <laughs> I am sure that I will find a place.
0: <laughs> and and you have to use it correctly, not just for fun.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I do not take OK Boomer lightly. I, I, I realize that a, there's a time and a place.
0: It's a strategic knife you want to use, right? It is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I
0: stopped you at saying as a Zoomer. So so what um, what have you found in accessibility that helps you?
1: Well, uh, as a Zoomer, of course, I am addicted to my phone because I'm a young person. Uh, screen time helps me to get control of my phone use when I'm supposed hmm. to be doing something else, like um, like writing a, a podcast outline, for example. <laughs> and since iOS 13 launched voice control, I've been using it incessantly. I, I'm afraid of annoying the people around me, but it's it's just such a cool feature. I use it when I can't use both my little tiny thumbs to text when I have one hand-occupied.
0: So I haven't uh, talked about voice control yet on the show. I experimented with it briefly, and I really need to get back to it and really get get a handle on it. Can you explain to people what voice control is in iOS 13?
1: Voice control is... I like to say it's, it's like if Siri didn't talk, but she was also smart.
0: <laughs> so like not Siri.
1: Like not Siri, exactly. <laughs> um, so voice control allows you to use your phone By There's there's a few different approaches. Um, You're essentially using voice commands to tell your phone what to do. So instead of, let's say you're texting somebody, instead of tapping in the field to start typing a message, you tell your phone, tap iMessage, which is that little bubble where you start typing. And then as you speak, while it's got that cursor that uh, would indicate typing, as you speak, it's automatically dictating that text for you or convert, converting your speech to text. Okay. And then you can say tap send. It'll send the message for you. Uh, tap 83 unread messages, which in my case is, is unfortunately the scenario. <laughs> It'll take you back to your home screen so you can text somebody else. Essentially, it's hands-free use of your phone. And I'm sure that it's not designed to use while driving, but it is definitely designed to use while you're moving about your life or if you can't touch your phone.
0: You no, know, I, I in my experience using it I found it a little difficult to figure out what things were called like tap back or is it click back or you know you, you get the words yeah. wrong. So I ended yeah, up so turning it, on a, a feature in there where you can get a grid of numbers and so I could just say tap 27.
1: Yeah, and then uh, if you if you actually just say the number it'll it'll give you like a mini grid so that if if there's you know a couple of switches that are in the same grid square then you can say that number, it'll kind of zoom in and give you a separate grid so that you can more closely define which one you'd like to, yeah, more precise. But yeah, I found also,
0: that without having memorized all the controls, that was easier for me, but I, I, I would bet memorizing the, the actual words would be a lot faster.
1: Yes, and uh, there's actually a way, kind of a cheat sheet, if you will. Um, if you ask voice control to show names, It'll show you the names as far as the phone is concerned, of every button that you can tap on that screen,
0: oh, will it keep them turned on?
1: It'll keep it turned on until you give it a command, and then it'll once it gets to another page or to another um oh, it turns or once it, it, off, it changes so- it'll go away.
0: I guess that's good. It'll force you to learn, yeah. <laughs> um back on when you were talking about wanting to learn everything your phone can do i wanted to tell you uh this is now two revs old but i mind mapped all of the settings on the iphone
1: a mind map that is very interesting
0: so if you you know what a mind map is
1: i i believe I've, i've seen one in in school it's it's not something i see often
0: Oh, they're, I'm addicted to them. I do them for, use them for brainstorming. Uh, but basically you start with like a central node and then you just start creating nodes that fly off of the center one. And then you can make branches and branches and branches on each one of those nodes. So I started with settings and said, okay, what's the, what's the first thing we have in settings? We've got airplane mode. Okay, that's just a switch. The next one, Wi-Fi. What happens if you click on Wi-Fi? Now map the ones out from that. The single biggest thing, this mind map is bananas. Uh, I calculated <laughs> out if I printed it eight and a half inches wide, it would be five feet tall. So oh my the, goodness. the structure of of settings is very, very flat. And the biggest, but the single biggest one, the single biggest section was accessibility. As it should be. I'll send you I'll send you a a picture of it like and and when I did it I said and no I'm not keeping this up to date because this was really 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 time consuming It took me like three weeks to do it
1: and you know I can only imagine with the way that settings has changed the you know where things are in the different folders that are available I mean it would you'd basically have to start over every time a new os came out
0: practically which would be awful so I'm looking at at voice control, and uh, I didn't actually go in here. Is you can even customize commands. So basic navigation, you can change what you say. It looks like.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I've seen some folks, uh, start to define curse words, as <laughs> commands for their phone. And that's what sure they use to launch Siri,
0: serves. probably.
1: Yeah, that of course.
0: <laughs> or to quit Siri, maybe.
1: <laughs> well, Turn I, Siri off with a with your favorite curse word. <laughs>
0: So you're you're using these features in in accessibility on iOS and and I presume in macOS a little bit. Is that something like do all young people do this? Since you're the no. only young person oh. I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, even well my kids are old.
1: Spokesperson.
0: <laughs> yes, you are now speaking for everyone under thirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would say, uh, from my perspective, it's not exactly something that's common in the young people that I know, which I'm, I'm sure is is a little bit more than than you might know. (laughs) Gracefully said. Yes. (laughs) Uh, My generation is a little bit split when it comes to understanding and using accessibility on our phones. Uh, Because, you know, those of us who need accessibility settings work great with using assistive assistive technology uh, like made for iPhone hearing aids and braille keyboards, voiceover switch control. That's just a few of the options that are listed in the iPhone settings alone for accessibility. But some of us who don't use them may not know where to find them or even how they work or or what they're called. And I think that one reason why that is, is that many of us deal with problems as they come, usually by Googling the answer. But, you know, that breaks down if Google doesn't have the answer.
0: Right. Or you can't figure out how to stage the question because you don't even know what it's called.
1: Exactly. You know, it's it's hard to ask Google, what's that thing called when you talk to your phone? Because there's <laughs> really kind of multiple answers. Or, you know, why is my phone screen black and talking to me?
0: Oh, right, right.
1: Perfect example. So yeah,
0: found- do you
1: have any examples of, of where you were
0: trying to Google for the answer and it, and it literally wasn't out there and it was something you really wanted to know in, in this accessibility category?
1: Yeah, I I did have a specific case. It was when it was coming to troubleshooting hearing aids. And it did shock me considering, you know, these devices date back quite literally to the 19th century, uh, which was when the first hearing aid was invented. Of course, electronic hearing aids came much later, and then Bluetooth hearing aids are a little bit newer. Um, But we have so much information about the other devices that we use every single day. But this piece of technology has so little information about how to troubleshoot software issues. Oh,
0: you know, because we, that and that's new, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's new. Hearing aids were standalone for the longest time and they've just started to become part of uh, our phones.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Bluetooth hearing aids, I I believe it are actually older than than smartphones are.
0: Oh, really? Which
1: is interesting to me, yes. What did they use
0: Bluetooth for?
1: I know that there was there's the Bluetooth connection to uh like hubs you know when you huh. go to a movie and they have options for oh. uh you know hearing impaired people they would, of course they have their own system, and you can't connect your own hearing aids to that system in some cases I did not but, know that huh yeah
0: okay so uh, w- was there um was there a specific problem you went searching for on that
1: yes i was did you i was know
0: looking somebody who had hearing aids.
1: Yeah, I, I had um, an acquaintance and, you know, she was having, I'm I'm a pretty tech-savvy person, she was having some trouble with her hearing aids where uh, she, I believe she had gotten either an update or a new, a new phone or something had changed on her phone that caused her hearing aids to only come through on one ear. Like and, one
0: ear or the other, just never both?
1: Yeah, so she would try her hardest, she would connect one ear to the phone and then for some reason the other ear wouldn't come up or she'd think that she had them both connected and then the audio was only coming through on one side. So that and, would be like,
0: here's your here's your new glasses, choose which eye you
1: want to look out of? Exactly. Which, <laughs> you know, you can technically see, but you can't navigate the world like that.
0: Right, right. You, you, Stereo matters.
1: Stereo does matter, especially when people are talking to you and, you know, you can't hear out of one ear, so you have to go on your phone, you have to switch it to the other hearing aid. I, I can only imagine what life would have been like if she really did have to choose one at all well, times and you,
0: you lose directionality too like which which mm-hmm. way is the car coming from would be something you might want to know
1: yeah and so, so she
0: was stuck huh
1: yeah she was stuck and you know I'm a tech savvy person I want to help and mm-hmm. so we started working on it together we went into the MFI uh, hearing aid settings on the MFI iPhone.
0: is made for iOS I think
1: Yes, uh, made for iOS. We went into the made for iOS hearing aid settings on the settings on her phone, Mm -hmm. disconnected them, turned them off, turned them back on again. Uh, She changed the batteries. She even went so far as to have the hearing aids replaced.
0: Oh my gosh, and they're Mm -hmm. expensive.
1: And they are. are They're
0: thousands of dollars if you don't get the the fancy ones.
1: Exactly, and she fortunately had a Costco brand that has quite a, a good warranty on them, so she was able to go to the audiologist at Costco get them replaced fairly quickly for no cost. Oh, good. Which is not the case for everybody. For her, I'm I'm very glad that that was the case. So did uh, that fix we, the
0: problem? It was something wrong with the hearing aids?
1: Nope, it was not something wrong with the hearing aids. We tried oh to connect God. them to the phone and it was still only connecting to one of her ears.
0: Now you start to suspect her ears? <laughs> What's left,
1: right? Yeah, we would go to the uh, application that was connected to the hearing aids that she had, I believe it was the the Costco brand. And it was saying that they were both connected in the app. Hmm. But of course, in the settings, it was saying that there was only the left or only the right. Hmm. What ended up being the solution was we deleted the app, reinstalled it, and then connected the hearing aids through the app. And then it worked.
0: Oh, interesting. Through the Costco app.
1: Yes, but it it only worked if you deleted the app first and then set it up like they were new hearing aids like hmm. you'd never had hearing aids before
0: that's interesting i I'm wondering whether there's some pattern here with two data points. Um I was having a problem with uh, adding my Wemo switches back onto my network when I changed networks. And I, I, <laughs> I cornered one of the Belkin people at CES, which is like totally not his <laughs> problem, but I made him give me tech support and I showed him what was <laughs> happening was that I simply could not add a new device. And he said, well, delete the Wemo app entirely and try again. And I did. And then it, it didn't go to the stupid window. It was going to a window where you couldn't answer the question and it oh, just no. stopped. And he said, it shouldn't do that. Just try and reinstalling it. And I didn't, it fixed it. So it's it's like the apps themselves are getting munged by being there for too long or because some other, you know, neutrinos come through and flicked a switch or something.
1: Exactly. It's it's frustrating because we had been sitting there for probably, I mean, at least, you know, 45 minutes to an hour trying to, I was looking through forums. I was looking at the Kirkland Signature website for, you know, frequently asked questions because I'm thinking, you know, She's not the first person to get a yeah. new phone. Or, yeah, you know, this
0: had to be it. happening to everybody. If it was an OS update or something, you would think, yeah. right?
1: But there was nothing. And uh, that deleting the app and reinstalling it was kind of like my my swan song for text support. That was really kind of <laughs> the last option that I had for her. And if it didn't work, I, I, I wouldn't have known what to do. Wow. And she would have had only one ear. How
0: gratifying was it to solve it?
1: Oh my goodness! We celebrated like it was the new year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and I'm guessing you didn't—you uh, didn't stop there. You kept digging to learn more about hearing aids.
1: Well, yeah, because you know, like when I had discovered uh, voiceover, I started thinking, well, you know, what if we weren't able to solve the problem, or what if we didn't have the idea to delete the app and to reinstall it? So I started researching some popular hearing aid brands out there. And so far, I've got three down out of the five that I've initially picked for um, made for iPhone brands. I found a blog that recommended these five brands, and I've been trying to find the name of the blog for the life of me. I cannot find it in my history. I'd have to scroll back for for months, I think. (laughs) But the three that I've researched so far are the ReSound hearing aids, Signia, and the Costco brand, Kirkland Signature. And uh, right now, they're on their KS 9.0 model. And I read up on everything I could possibly find for their, you know, frequently asked questions, the forums. I downloaded all of their little pamphlets, which it's awesome that most hearing aid companies post their uh, troubleshooting pamphlets online. And I found out which apps they all use. And I put it all in a chart. And I found <laughs> out three things. And first, most hearing aid companies are able to post their at-home troubleshooting guides online. Uh, which, like I said, is really great because I think that keeping paper instructions has become kind of a lost art, you know? So companies who post everything online really resonate with me, a a young person who, you know, sees paper and and really doesn't know what to do with it sometimes. (laughs) And second, most of the solutions for...
0: Yeah, you do. You take a picture (laughs) of every page with your phone. You scan it in with your phone and then throw it away, right?
1: How could I forget? (laughs) Then I put it in Google Drive. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's where mine are. I've got a folder called manuals.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it's I absolutely don't change the file name, so I've probably got, you know, 100 or 200 files in my Google Drive that are just, you know, SC and then like the date and a time and I have no idea what they are.
0: Oh, how annoying. No, I'm, I I name know. everything.
1: <laughs> Good on you. I, I I need to build that that habit. <laughs> well, the second thing um that I found out with hearing aids is that most of the solutions are to Turn them off and back on again to change the batteries or to clean them, which I'm sure is most of the time really what the problem is. But in our case, of course, that wasn't the case. So, what's the next step if you know if we hadn't figured it out?
0: And they didn't have anything. They didn't have step three.
1: No, they didn't. Uh, Well, step three was if these solutions don't work, uh, go see your audiologist to have them troubleshoot the problem for you. But audiologists
0: don't understand. Well, I would guess the vast majority aren't experts in, say, Apple or Android.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if Apple or Android has, you know, specific internal troubleshooting guides for these either. You really can't rely on that to, to carry you, especially if your hearing aid company is recommending that you go to your doctor to have them fix it for you. So and depending on a few factors, you know, if you if you don't have health insurance or if el- extra visits aren't covered for you or if you live too far from your provider, uh, that could come at a pretty great cost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Time off of work. I mean, there's a lot above that, right?
1: Yeah. Not to mention that you have to wait for the appointment and, you know, you have to figure out what the copay is and you have to deal with it if they classify it wrong and, you know, yada, yada, yada. You're, You're already trying to deal with this problem that's limiting your perception of the world. And then on top of that, you have to go to someone who might not even know how to fix the problem.
0: Right, right, right. In fact, the chances are they won't.
1: Yes. Uh and that's not a slight to audiologists. I mean, there's there's so much they have to do in their job already. I'm sure that it's there's so many hearing hearing aid brands out there that I I as a patient wouldn't expect my audiologist to know everything about every single hearing aid that is recommended on the market.
0: Right, right. And and they're taking care of all the ones that aren't smart. Exactly. So,
1: you know, it's, I'm thinking, you know, from my perspective, I have a pretty good understanding of how technology works and, you know, what Bluetooth is and what, you know, causes problems with Bluetooth. And it's already frustrating for me to figure out a problem like that and try to try to fix it at home. I can only imagine, you know, if I didn't know as much as I do. um, You know, I'm, I'm one of those rare, you know, Zoomers that can kind of empathize with older folks who don't know what they're doing. and I think that it would be extremely frustrating for somebody that doesn't understand everything about technology to, to have to go to somebody who is so expensive sometimes to fix a problem that could be as easy as deleting an app and reinstalling it onto your phone.
0: Yeah. You know, I was just looking uh, and, I, and I sent out a tweet while we were talking here to see if I could get any hits on it. Um, there's a site called Apple Viz. Uh, appleviz.com and their objective is to empower blind and low vision users of Apple products. So it's about apps and if you're looking at an app and you're thinking man that might be cool but I don't know if it's going to be accessible to me, you can often find it on Apple Viz. you can ask questions. It's a, it's a really really cool site. What I don't know is whether there's an equivalent to that for uh, like Apple here, you know. And so I've just sent out a a, a question asking is there a place for that because if there was, this, some of your research might be helpful.
1: Yes, and I'd love a a place to put all of this information that I've collected um, yeah i I'll, I'll definitely talk a little bit more about that later on
0: yeah okay so um you've you mentioned to me uh offline something called the curb effect what is the curb effect? I've never heard that term
1: it's actually a, a pretty interesting social phenomenon um it's not really a novel concept either it's uh, described by the Stanford Social Innovation Review, uh, by, it's, they, they sum it up like this. Laws and programs designed to benefit vulnerable groups, such as the disabled or people of color, often end up benefiting all of society. Hmm. I mean, duh, right? <laughs> if if we help each other, we, we help everyone. If we become better as a group, we become better as a group. And I think that... Learning the most you can about accessible features on your phone can have a positive effect for everyone. So,
0: Where did they come up with the term curb effect?
1: So it's a pretty cool story, actually. It started in Berkeley, California in the way, way long ago in the early 70s. And the first curb cut in the city was installed by a group of disabled activists.
0: Oh, uh, you're talking the, about the the things that make you be able to get your your shopping cart. You're rolling up and down the uh, onto the uh, onto the curb. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So they didn't have those, you know, before. I think it was 1972 when they they first um, when those activists installed that curb cut on the sidewalk. It was on Telegraph Avenue. Okay. But after that initial, they poured the concrete themselves, and after they had done that something kind of clicked for the rest of America. And, you know, suddenly mothers with strollers and workers who are pushing carts pretty much, you know, everybody had an easier time navigating the streets of Berkeley and of America in general. So not only do people who use wheelchairs not have to find like a, a truck ramp and hope that they don't get run over in order to get from one street to another, but now everyone can make sure that if they've got something that, can't just step over the curb they can get it from point a to point b a little bit easier
0: okay so that that's the example that's used uh, came up with the name because that's where one of the biggest things we all see the benefit of uh something that was originally for accessibility exactly okay the uh was... it's it's funny you should mention berkeley uh there's also a, 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 a university called berkeley in boston and my brother was the director of music synthesis there. So I went out to visit him and I'm walking around the streets of Boston and all I could think of was, oh my gosh, how do people in wheelchairs navigate this city? Because first of all, it's all cobblestones from, you know, 1776. And, uh, and I asked my brother, I said, how do people in wheelchairs get around here? And he said, they don't live here.
1: How sad.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe that's changed now, but this was uh, maybe so. 20 years ago.
1: I mean, it seems like curb cuts now, at least, are kind of the law. Like a baseline. yeah, like a law. They're the baseline. I mean, the bar is on the ground. Really, you, you just want to be <laughs> able to move around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, so this. Oh,
0: sorry. No, keep going. Keep going.
1: Yeah, this is important to me because I think that some folks. Conflate the idea of um, you know benefiting vulnerable groups with taking away the accessibility of the prominent group.
0: Oh, and interesting.
1: The curb cut shows that in a lot of cases, that's really not what's happening. And when we're able to communicate better and move around better, even you know folks who aren't able to do that as well as those of us who can it's not like we're taking something away from ourselves to give it to someone else. We're, we're giving something that is free in the first place. So to speak.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Or available. Or not free. Yeah.
0: So uh, how does this apply to learning about accessibility? How you've gone into that?
1: Well, I hope that I'm not surprising anybody by saying that, um, It's an unfortunate truth, but some young people don't like being the front lines of tech support for the people (laughs) in their lives, Uh, which is definitely not true for everyone. Like, I love helping out friends of mine or, you know, the old geezers in my life that may not know how to use their (laughs) phone.
0: Okay, Uh, Zoomer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
1: you turned it around on me. (laughs) I
0: did. I did.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one.
0: I'm quite proud of that.
1: It's funny because um, I think I have an easier time than most because my my dad is quite a techie guy. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, if I'm really feeling like something's not in my wheelhouse, probably knows what to do. <laughs>
0: One of the things I like to say to people is that no matter how technical you are, there's always somebody who knows more than you do. And no matter how little you think you know, there's always somebody who knows less than you do. And what we're all doing is this big... Bucket brigade chain of, of happiness, helping each other. So your dad is helping you, but you're helping somebody else, and so we're all in this chain pulling our, ourselves up. Is is what I think.
1: I agree. I agree fully. I think that um, the you know the the sentiment of not liking being tech support for others is another reason for that split that I had talked about earlier. How's you know some of us who need accessibility are able to use it and pick it up fairly quickly, but others don't know how it works maybe don't even know what it is and some of them some of us don't even know that there's options for accessibility at all so i think that this demystifying accessibility for myself has helped me understand that being the tech support zoomer isn't so bad you know we're, <laughs> we're participating in that bracket brigade by teaching somebody else and helping myself learn better
0: i wonder whether it's an overall personality thing you and I are both in the camp that we enjoy being the hero, the person who can help somebody else. Other people just aren't wired that way. It might be as simple as that.
1: That's true. And I think that, um, you know, not everybody has to be the helper. And that's why helpers like us exist.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like to be the one who knew. In fact, if they get to somebody else who helps them first, I'm a little annoyed, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely gratifying knowing that somebody came to you with something they wanted to solve and that you were able to be a part of the problem solving i i get a lot of of uh what's that happiness i get a lot of happiness from that
0: yeah yeah and like you say a lot of people don't they it, like people I, I i've noticed a lot of my friends are like oh i gotta help my family with this oh my brother's so annoying whatever um But then there's the other group of people when they go to Thanksgiving, they're really happy they can go solve a tech problem because they don't have to sit around and be social with people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think another part of it, though, is that I think that, you know, helping people with their tech problems can kind of bring us together in a way. I think there's another sentiment that's a little more worldwide that that technology is making us more distant from each other. But, you know, I think about, you know, what we're doing right now, we're not in the same place. I'm using the internet to talk to you.
0: Yeah, I I think it's bringing it together. I think it's two different, two different uh, opposing things. I don't know most of my neighbors. I can name the ones straight across to my left and one of the ones to my right, and that's it. But my best friend lives in Ireland. You know, (laughs) yeah, it's it's a little bit of both.
1: And I do believe in bonding through problem solving together, and I think technology. Gives that sort of an extra step. It's like the next level. I mean, I like to know my car mechanic, and I like to know that if I know something about technology and somebody else doesn't necessarily know what to do, then I can help them and become better friends or better family member with them in the process.
0: Yeah. And I've I've become closer to some of my friends. I've got a friend who's an ophthalmologist. And uh, once a year, I go to her house and I help her make her Christmas labels. And I've made her documents that, you know, if you've done screenshots and little steps and everything to tell her exactly how to do it. And we have both decided that she's never going to read those because if she learned how to do it herself, then we'd have no excuse to get together and have me do it for her. <laughs> and on the other hand, when I needed cataract surgery, she was the person I called to get advice. Who should I go to? What do I need to know? What are the decisions I'm going to have to make and everything? And and so she's the kind of person who likes to share what she knows. But a lot of doctors don't, right? No, I, I yeah. don't want you bothering me. You know, call my office. That's what I do for work. But it, she's the kind of person who likes to help.
1: I appreciate that so much in another person. It's <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. I, I, do you find that uh, people in random places ask you questions I, I, at the gym when I'm in the changing room? Women are always they'll see me and they'll go, oh, OK, so I've got this thing with my watch, <laughs> you know, and I love it.
1: I do. Actually, uh, I have a funny story. Um, one of my friends, I was I was walking around a mall. I was by myself. I don't remember exactly what I was there for, but. I saw one of my friends walking past and I wanted to say hi. He was with his family with his um, little brother and his mom. And, you know, we started talking and stuff and my friend says, Oh mom, this is my, my techie friend, Lila. And she immediately goes into, Oh, I have a problem with my phone. It's doing this. And I don't know why. (laughs) And I look at my friend and he's got that like, you know, blank face of shame. Like, why are you asking my friend to solve your problem? You just met her. And I'm like, let's do this. Bring out your phone. Let's fix it together. (laughs) And I feel really bad because I had a a limited time that with her that I could solve the problem, but we ended up fixing whatever it was something small. Uh, We ended up fixing whatever it was. And it was just so cool to have that be my introduction to somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a a flip side to this. I've been thinking for a long time that what we need is a, um, uh, a web service to connect people to other people's relatives. So I don't know whether you've had this experience in your own life, but where I could help you, for example, with a technical problem, I that same experience with my husband or my brother is a just a story of anger, right? Because <laughs> it, it, there's something about the people we love the most that we're, mm-hmm. we're unable to be as nice to them as we would to a complete stranger.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I would absolutely sign up for that service if I saw it floating around somewhere.
0: I've been trying to think. I'm I'm picturing that uh, we get log me in to uh to sponsor it. They're going to pay all the bills because everybody's going to need a log me in account to help these random other people. And oh, then absolutely. maybe you get maybe you get credits. Like, so if I help you with your dad, your you, uh, I gain credit for that. But then I can spend it getting help for my mom.
1: Yeah, it could be like um, and you can do kind of an Uber situation where you can say like, oh, so and so made my mom laugh when he was fixing her phone with her.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Exactly. Where if you if you're the one helping it's like all the all the buttons we know how to push with each other are just sitting there waiting to be pushed during tech support help. And there's a whole <laughs> lot of okay, fine, I'm not helping you. At least that's how I do it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I've I've definitely seen my fair share of it. I don't I don't think I do it as as, as some others, but you know, I've I've got all the time in the world cuz I'm only 21. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's interesting. All right, so um, let's see what else uh, there was. Uh, there were some more things about beyond hearing aids. Uh, I mean, have you been? Uh, have you looked? Or found out anything about say Android versus uh, iOS for oh, yeah. hearing so, aids?
1: Yeah, I've been kind of throwing myself into iOS since, of course, it's the system that I use every single day to, you know, do everything. Um, I've never used Android on a personal level. And it's something that I've always been interested in. Now that I've been looking into accessibility for iPhone, I started realizing, well, you know, what is it like to comparison shop? Pardon me. As I started going into accessibility on iPhone, I started realizing, well, what is it like to comparison shop between iOS and Android? Uh, Which YouTube University has been very kind to me in learning about Android. And it's funny because a lot of the comment sections are, you know, folks who use a lot of accessibility settings. And on iPhone videos, I found a lot of people like, Apple's great. I love voiceover. I love using my bro keyboard. And then on Android videos, it's like, good job, Google. But I still like iPhone. And I'm, I just think <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> um, no one of no my confirmation
0: favorite... bias there at all.
1: Oh, yeah. No confirmation bias at all. Um, one of my favorite uh, things that I found so in my quest to learn about android they have they have all of their io events posted online which is cool because i get to see all of the updates with android
0: oh yeah that's their equivalent of say wwdc
1: yeah so that's their big keynote event where they talk about all the updates to the system and then of course where they talk about new hardware now that google's in the hardware game the right way and there was one clip where they're, they have, I think, four of their executives trading off talking about accessibility. And it starts out with this guy. I, I cannot remember his name. But he was going up to demonstrate the accessibility settings that they had installed on Android using a Google Pixel. And as cool as the features were, they, they are really cool. Um, this poor guy is just having the worst luck imaginable trying to demo these features. He was, he said, um, probably like 12 times. And he, uh. I think he tripped once on the stage. And then oh. finally, when he gets to the phone, um, he's trying to dictate text and it's just misreading like the funniest oh, words into no. wrong. I was just like, Oh man,
0: it's heartbreaking.
1: It is heartbreaking. And I know that there's times when I do that and, you know, I've, Send a dictation text, and I read it back, and I'm like, "What? That's not even close to what I said." Right. Seeing it on a huge stage, though, that is just hilarious. It's it's the funniest thing I've seen in a minute. You
0: took some evil joy.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, some evil joy. And I, I felt for the guy really, and I hope he had a a nice a nice time at home after that. He he showed a video of his wife to demonstrate the audio captioning feature that they've they rolled out with YouTube, and that they now have for videos on the phone itself which i think is really cool but he would like press play it wouldn't go he'd try to press play again then it would pause then he'd press play again then it would play for a little bit and then you know something would happen it would pause again he ended up having to restart the video probably three or four times
0: oh no oh Oh, that's
1: horrible i have a
0: funny story to tell about the uh captioning Oh, I was no. really excited last week because I no, it's not a bad thing. I was really oh. excited last week I found a tool called otter.ai that is a voice recognition engine on the web that you can use for free for up to 600 minutes a month and you can take existing audio and and basically create a transcript instantaneously or you can re- record directly into it and there's an there's an app for Android and for iOS and you could record right into your phone it's it's really spectacular. And I was going to go put captions on all of the videos that we've been doing for from CES. But I went to put it up. And the first one I looked at, it already had a caption. I was like, wait a minute, Google did that on its own? It must not be very good. And it was really good. So I was like, oh, well, that's kind of disappointing. But I guess that's a lot less work. And I went to show it to Steve. And I happened to pick a different video. And I don't know why, but for some reason, it chose Dutch as the language. Oh, so, no. It's like partially in English, but a whole bunch of words that don't make any sense. But right in the middle of it, it so it it looks sort of like Dutch, but all of a sudden, all it wrote was oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) I have no idea what it did, like it got stuck or something. So I'm trying to decide whether to take that down or keep it because it's really funny.
1: That's hilarious. I think you should keep it.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit, unless somebody actually wants the content. And I thought maybe I could offer it as a second language, but uh, uploading the transcript I made from Otter.ai doesn't let me. It, Google insists on ge- replacing it, not giving me a oh. second one. So I was kind of kind of disappointed. But anyway, well,
1: that's that's, you know, accessibility over over humor for sure. But, you know, yeah,
0: come on. Take a yeah. joke, right? <laughs> I like your sense of humor. Well, this has been really fun, Lila. I I love your perspective, and uh, as you learn more, I'd love to have you back on the show. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, even even the engineering stuff you're learning in in school is uh, that's pretty fascinating to me. So, if people want to learn more about uh, you or get in contact with you, is there a way they can do that?
1: Uh, yes, I I have a LinkedIn, which is my main business. My main communications for business. I'm okay. working on a website. So, to be determined in 2020, what that <laughs> looks like, but it will be com, And oh, uh, my LinkedIn is is lilabrissette.
0: All right. And that's B R I S S E T T E. That's the one, which I only knew because I looked up your father's name and my address. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, the double S, double T, it gets people.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. This was absolutely fantastic. Everything I was hoping it could be.
1: Me too. It's a pleasure being on the show. Thank you. I hope you
0: enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the Nocella Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at Allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other no-silla castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.